Good morning and welcome to the BSA Capital 5-Minute Morning Minor. It's Tuesday the 8th of March. Uh, I think we're on day 13 of the Ukraine war. It really is a pretty crazy world out there and who knows where the markets are going. But it is getting really crazy in the mining industry. And I think we've got to start today, Paul, uh, with nickel, which actually overnight went over $100,000. Uh, now, bear in mind, um, I think it was only... You know, about a month ago, this was trading down at what twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, we've seen some awfully uh, exciting numbers <laughs> coming out there. Yes, that's right. I, I mean, there's clearly a there's a massive squeeze going. Somebody has got very caught out and is having to just buy nickel in at any price to cover a short. And obviously, it's the Russian situation. Russia being a big producer of nickel. Um, but you know, this is the commodity market for you, and we're going to see similar squeezes potentially in other metals. Now, equities aren't necessarily following through. I mean, the equity for nickel that probably people would look at is Horizonte Minerals. Um, it's had a little bit of a move up, but nothing significant. Um, so people obviously aren't believing it long term, believing it's a short term squeeze. But I think, you know, one has to say that at the moment, you know, commodity prices are going to stay stronger longer term. Uh, and it is a very good place to have your money invested during a war when there's inflation. In fact, the entire geopolitical scene at the moment is looking fantastic for the mining space. Um, and, and it's not a place for the faint hearted either, because it's going to be awfully volatile here across uh, these metal commodities, too, uh, which means that the equities are are uh, likely, at least in some particular situations, are going to be um, uh, participating in that volatility as well. Well, if you're worried about that, then just speak with BSA Capital and we will hold your hand and put you in all the right places. Uh, talking of the right places, by the way, Paul, if you saw Harvest Minerals, they're having a ramp up, they're having to ramp up production following an increase of over 1,000% in sales orders. Uh, yes, that doesn't surprise me either, is because uh, we've uh, uh, this uh, war has just hit three of the major. Uh, uh, fertilizer producing countries, uh, Belarus, uh, Ukraine, and Russia. And if you're not going to participate uh, in buying from those particular countries, then all of a sudden, uh, Brazilian uh, uh, supply uh, to the Brazilian agriculture industry in particular is fairly vulnerable, and that's where Harvest uh, operates. So that's where all of a sudden their orders are way up. Yeah, I know Harvest is very popular with the retail investors, but it's been having a pretty tough time until about a year ago, and it's now sort of zoomed up from 3p to 13p. So that is one that really is uh, moving up very, very nicely. Um, but as you say, uh, there's a lot of big moves in commodities. You've got to be careful. Speak to VSA. Um, now, Paul, what have you got for us other than me, what I've got for you, so to speak? Well, we uh, had a press release out from London quoted uh, Uganda uh, Graphite uh, Explorer Blenco Resources. Uh, it's an update on uh, how they're proceeding to their PFS uh, on their uh, specific uh, Orem Cross uh, deposit pointing out that they're still waiting on assays just like every other exploration company out there in the world uh, but these particular assays are such that uh, would be incorporated uh, into the pfs uh, study that they would like to have done by the summer on orem cross 
it's a 16 million ton deposit already, and yet it's less than 5% of the uh, estimated known mineralization, with the rest just simply not uh, drilled off uh, and no particular need to at this point in time. So uh, the sooner they can get those assays back, the sooner they can get a, a nice uh, near-surface graphite uh, PFS uh, done uh, there uh, by the company. Yeah, okay. And also, I think you should talk about uh, the Black Rock World Mining Trust, which is quite a good way of playing, obviously, the, the, uh, the mining space because uh, you know, it gives you diversity. Yes, that's right. They uh, put out their annual results today. It was a 21% rise in their asset value year on year on a 17% rise in share price, uh, but that share price doesn't reflect the fact that they increased their revenues by 123% year on year to 79 million. They increased their uh, final dividend by 225% to 27p, which brings the full year to 42.5p on the dividend, uh, which is uh, also a more than 100% uh, rise uh, year on year on dividend payments. And uh, that was all led by the fact that uh, all the commodities uh, for which they have uh, um, invested uh, uh, into companies of equity, all of those uh, underlying uh, uh, metals prices that those companies are searching for have gone up in price uh, substantially on 2020 levels. So it's just reflecting the, the fact that the uh, performance of the sector is doing so well. Uh, yeah. And... Uh... One I wanted to sort of touch base on, uh, interested in your views. There's a lot of talk, obviously, about Venezuela at the moment, um, and sanctions possibly being lifted um, if Maduro and his government are prepared to denounce the Russians, and uh, the, the US obviously will are looking at that as another source of, of oil, because they have a lot of heavy oil over in Venezuela, but they have a lot of oil full stop. But of course, Venezuela has a lot of other commodities, doesn't it, Paul? Gold in particular. Um, so actually the lifting of sanctions on Venezuela would have quite an impact on the mining sector. What, what else have they got other than a lot of gold? Well, they have a lot of agricultural commodity there, and it's also one of the very largest areas for um, uh, uh, pristine uh, natural uh, jungle. So uh, if there's any kind of carbon credits uh, to be uh, developed, uh, Venezuela is going to be one of the big places uh, that that will be of importance in the future. Uh, it's definitely uh, a situation that uh, anybody involved in mining space needs to keep a very close eye on. Uh, again, if you if you want to talk more about Venezuela, do contact me directly. It's something that I follow quite closely. Uh, anything else you want to mention, Paul? Yeah, the uh, PFS had come out, uh, uh, released by Altali Mining, uh, the TSX-listed Mexico uh, base metal producer. Uh, PFS, so... Uh, for the Tawaiweto uh, uh, deposit, which is something they already have nearly completed in construction, but this just formalizes uh, for the benefit uh, of uh, investors, but also debt providers, just what the economics around Tawaiweto uh, are going to be. And it all looks very nice here at this point. Uh, the total capital cost estimate under $60 million for a 1,000 ton per day uh, production operation. And reserves are uh, long enough for 11 years of mine life so far, but uh, this is an underground deposit on several veins, and those veins are all still wide open to be. Uh, so there's more mine life yet to be developed here. So 
And the estimate on uh, costs at 844 per uh, uh, ounce, uh, all inclusive, uh, is at much lower prices than what we see now across the metals. Uh, so it, it will do just great, I think. Yeah, and also talking of Mexico, we had uh, figures out of Fresneo today, um, which uh, the market is taking very well, actually. Uh, the stock's up 24p or, or just over 3%. Uh, although the they've had a tough year, Fresnia, haven't they? It's not been an easy run. Um, but if you're down in Mexico looking for silver, uh, the one we like is what I would call a mini Fresnio, which is Guanajuato silver, uh, which is a very exciting play. Uh, you got any comments there, Paul? Yes, uh, the and uh, because these silver deposits, primary silver deposits, usually always have some kind of lead and zinc credits as well in their concentrates, uh, only uh, to uh, benefit that we've got a zinc price now at well over $1.90 a pound, which is also pretty stunning, I think. Uh, well, yeah, look, I mean, and, and also with lead, I mean, people forget, I hadn't realized this, but you realize in some of the modern Teslas now, they have to have, to have two lead acid batteries for the starter motor. And so anybody who thinks that lead acid batteries and therefore lead are, are all over as we go EV, you're wrong. Actually, they increase. Yes, there, there, there isn't going to be an end to the use of lead acid batteries anytime soon. Um, OK, uh, we'll call it a day there, Paul. Uh, but that was a very interesting podcast. Thanks. Thank you very much.